Hello, and welcome to Inclusionomics, a podcast that provides tools to all women who are challenged with finding or having access to positions of power. We help you navigate the path to being seen, being heard, and being included. Everyone is welcome here. It is an inclusion podcast after all, and we hope that you're here for all of that. Today, our topic is You Should Have Stayed Calm, aka You Should Have Not Gotten Angry. And your hosts are Delay Thatch, Lisa Gates, and Stacey Gordon. We are going to be talking about anger on the Inclusionomics podcast today because we realize that it has come up a lot for us. And um, the fabulous Lisa actually wrote an article about it. Uh, so if you're following her on LinkedIn, she posted it uh, a few weeks back, I believe. And uh, you can look it up. Great article that talks about anger. Um, and she um, actually, well, Lisa, tell us a little it bit about it. It's called The Angry Woman Career Dilemma. Right. Um, All those times when you've been charged with implementing some change or some project and something happens, things aren't going right. And you express your disappointment, your anger and or actually, wait a minute. You're not even expressing your anger. You're just being you. You're just operating as in the way that you generally operate in the workplace. And you're asking for things to be done. You're, you know, asking for accountability. You're checking in with people and suddenly hear the words, are you angry? Is there something wrong? Right? Because you are, you know, um, being the boss. Um, um, Performing at optimal level. Right. Right. So just normal behavior being perceived as angry. Um, It's a pretty persistent refrain with a lot of my clients. So, yeah, the angry women career dilemma gets a lot of (laughs) a lot of reactions. So, yeah. Right. Well, and I think you quoted uh, Soraya. Right. And um, I forget the name of her book now. Um, Soraya Shamali, journalist. Rage becomes her. Rage becomes her. Yes. The power yeah. of women's anger. Not, uh, I, I find that subtitle really interesting. It's not what's wrong when women are angry or how, how women can deal with their anger. It's the power of women's anger. But there's actually something really um, um, actionable or full of agency in women's anger but it isn't perceived that way from the onset. No, I totally get that. And so Thiele and I have been having these conversations about anger recently, uh, both of us being African-American women, or I don't know if you want to say black women. I usually say black women. Um, but, and that's because I don't consider myself African-American, right? My family comes from the Caribbean. We went to England. We ended up in America. So I don't consider myself African-American. I consider myself black. Mm -hmm. That's another episode for another time. Um, (laughs) But we were talking about... I'm not angry about that, Stacey. Are you angry (laughs) call you... African-American instead of black. Does that make you angry? No, it doesn't make me angry. What does make me angry, though, is people who stutter over which one to use. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, uh, well, uh, it, it's like, just pick one. 
<laughs> and move on. I call you Stacy. Yeah, that's always people nice. People are kind of flat-footed about that. It's, <laughs> you know, we're all worried. We're constantly worried we're going to say the wrong thing. Right. And and when you do, then it does make someone angry. But Thiele and I were we were at the Women of Power Summit uh, back in March, and we were having these discussions about anger. And somebody said, well, you know, you really, you know, she got up on, on, on the stage and said, I am an angry black woman. And she said, I embrace that. And uh, so there was a whole discussion about whether or not to embrace that and what what's the, the wrong and the right of that. And then as a follow-up to it, I was at another event and um, a guy actually from the CIA said that he tells people that it's okay to be passionate, but not to cross the line into anger. And when I told Thiele that, she got angry. <laughs> what was his rationale? What was his point? Why is that not okay? His point was that when you go to anger, people don't hear you and that they don't listen well. And so you really can't get your point across. If you get to that, that point of anger, you have to just remain passionate about a subject. And I mean, I really believe though, if you're angry, you have to feel it. And sometimes you have to express it. And I think that we just have to get better in the workplace, just in life in general, at being able to see that somebody is angry, allowing them to express that, and then asking them why. You know, you know, cutting to the chase go and, and quoting uh, Sarai Shamali in Rage Becomes Her, when we suppress that anger, uh, what's the quote? Women are three times more likely to develop a disabling and painful autoimmune illness, those in which the body attacks itself by producing self-damaging antibodies. And we're more likely to do that than men are. There we are suppressing ourselves day after day after day. And then when we blow up, it's huge, right? Right. One thing that came to mind for me too, I mean, most people know there's five core basic emotions. And there's mad, sad, glad, afraid, and embarrassed. And mad and angry fall in the same space. So when you tell someone not to be angry, you tell them to just eliminate one of their five core emotions that they're born with and just pretend that it doesn't exist. So if you're mad, you need to get glad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that's an immediate leap. Oh, I'm angry. I should get glad. Right. Get glad. So it's a natural thing. It's a natural part of who we are as human beings to have these basic emotions. And one of them just happens to be being mad or being angry. So I'm hoping that, you know, as we're talking today, that people understand that anger is a natural expression. It's what you do when you're angry that can be unnatural. But right. being angry is not the real issue. It's but I think that Lisa put out there, though, mm-hmm. uh, the reason that women will stifle their anger is because, um, you know, Research shows that women of color in STEM fields, um, that about 50% of them report backlash when they express anger at work mm-hmm. and they get called out for that. So people, women are just trying to get along in their jobs. Um, and so in order, for, in order for that to stop happening, there has to be, like women can't just say, well, I'm going to be angry, right? There has to be space allowed for them to be angry. Because 
I can be angry. I mean, I was angry just the other day and I had to explain um, to, to somebody that, you know what, I received an email that really pissed me off. It was not appropriate. It was unprofessional. And I needed to let them know that, you know what, it was going to be addressed because I was angry about it. Now, I did take a day to think about how I was going to respond, but then I responded very calmly and let them know that he should have not sent that email. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I well, I mean, there's so many different experiences, but while you were talking, I was thinking that, you know, in my career, I haven't really been called to the carpet about being angry. There was only one time I was working in a manufacturing plant and I was pissed off about a situation which involved an employee who decided he was going to threaten to shoot me from the building next door. So I think I have a little bit of right to be angry. The person was threatening me with violence. And um, I remember the plant manager at the time, and if he's ever listening to this, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He'll probably laugh. But he said, Bila, you're angry. Maybe you should go home. I said, maybe I should since the employee just threatened to shoot me. So, I mean, I was even... It was, you know, my integrity as an HR person, my professionalism, rather, as an HR person was questioned because I didn't remain calm in this situation where an employee was threatening my life. Yeah, and the victim here was dismissed. You were dismissed. You're a potential victim of violence, and your situation is being dismissed. Thank you. So, right. Thank you. And the person, yeah, and I was the only female, only black female at the time at that manufacturing plant in an executive management level role. And um, I just, I think the reason I share that, that stuck with me for a long time because there's this supernatural expectation that they have of women mm-hmm. or black women that we're not supposed to have any feelings. I think I can have a feeling if someone is threatening my life. And I should not have to be, or there's other situations, of course, too. And I shouldn't have to stifle that. I can cry. I can be mad. And then I can can be embarrassed. You know, I can have feelings. And I think this whole angry situation is just really, I mean, angry conversation is really just about, why can't we even have feelings at work? But that reminds me, though, Gail King, remember the interview she did with R. Kelly? Mm-hmm. Sure do. And R. Kelly got up and was angry and was in her face, right? And what did Gail King do? She stayed calm. She stayed calm. And unbothered. And unbothered. <laughs> but what was there. interesting was, though, that people then were upset that she stayed calm and unbothered, right? There was a, a, an interesting paradigm there. And so... I'm just, I don't know. Well, if you look at that from the visual perspective, just, just watching it, you see this person spinning out. You see this Gail King, calm, watching, observing, and R. Kelly just spinning, right? Flailing with his arms. His voice is, is becoming more, he's becoming more vehement, more repetitive, more insistent in her face. So the person who is moving uh, and doing all the flailing becomes less credible. So she knew she would maintain her credibility if she just stayed calm in the face of all that fire. 
But then there's the double bind of why didn't you do, why didn't you respond? Really? Um, why didn't you shut him down? You should have shut him down. You should have <laughs> shut, shut him down. Should have gotten but if she had gotten angry, exactly the double bind you're saying, because if she had gotten angry, then she would have been vilified. You That's gonna, right. Where's your journalistic integrity? Why right. couldn't you, you know? So she was damned if she did and damned if she didn't. So she did. Right. <laughs> you know, think about, think about also like, you know, a typical workplace situation where, where um, over time you have not been listened to, you haven't been heard, you haven't been invited to the table, you get to the table and you're talking about a strategy or in a new, some, some, you know, you're, you're discussing strategic points for some project, right? And you can't be heard over the din of everyone talking. And maybe you interrupt and you have to say, hey, wait, I've got a point, I have something I want to share. You just talking over the, the noise in the room is perceived as being angry, demanding, bossy, bitchy, whatever it is, right? So, so you having an opinion, you have something to say, is, is, it comes with all this baggage and foreground or, or, or beforeground, right? So m- being able to be heard in those moments when, you know, um, isn't just about the thing or the context. It's about the messenger. It's you as the messenger being assailed for your behavior, you know, instead of for the message itself and what you're trying to get across. So that's always, you know, kind of the double bind. Right. And while you're saying double bind, I'm thinking about the double standard where certain people um, can behave that way and it's appropriate. So I, you know, I've worked for leaders who, you know, they're screaming, yelling, dropping F-bombs, throwing stuff. And people are just accepting that as the norm. But if I, as a Black woman, at, in that same level, in that same position, would behave that way, then they would think that I had a mental illness. Right. right. They would think they would accuse me of being emotional or irrational and just, well, you know, you one should of the be things fired. I, you should oh, actually I may be arrested. They may have called police on me. Like they I I was in situations as an HR person. I never forget um this uh, veteran was terminated, long story short, because he was a veteran, he was a black male veteran, and never had we asked the police to come in to do a termination. And most of the white men called me, men who never would call me before and said, Thela, I think we need to get a police officer in here because he's a veteran. He's a, he's a male veteran. Like he was going to come in and shoot up everybody. You know, um, one of the nicest people I have met, by the way, never showed or displayed any signs of anger. So it was totally not warranted that we would need a police officer. Other than the fact that he was black. Other than the fact that he was a black male and he was... Right. Well, and I think so. The, the the hope that we're trying to get out of the to this discussion today is for people to understand that we have really got to. And I know that in the moment it's hard, but we really have to start thinking about why is somebody angry? What are they trying to tell us? Right. right. And not only what are they trying to tell us, but who is it that is 
giving us this information and why are we perceiving them as angry? Because as you said in the very beginning, Lisa, sometimes they're not actually angry at all. We are just perceiving them that way because of right. who they are. Right. right. Because they're a woman and their voice may have gotten a little bit escalated, we're assuming they're shrill and angry. Because they're a black male, we're assuming that they're angry. Mm -hmm. And those are things, um, you know, that even goes down to the level of, uh, you know, police officers fearing for their lives. Why do they fear yeah. for their lives? Because they think that this black man is getting angry. And so immediately, because he's angry, that means that somewhere along the line, he's going to do something terrible to you. Right? It's like, right. Is he actually angry? Two, is he rightfully angry? And then three, just because he's angry, does that mean he's going to do you bodily harm? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, A multitude of stereotypes. Yes. That's the word stereotypes. And um, we don't use that word as often. I remember, you know, 10 years ago, stereotypes was, you know, a popular word, but now we, we moved on to. Now it's bias. Now it's biases. Right. It's biases. <laughs> right. Rooted, you know, there's so many different stereotypes that they're rooted in, and and because of you know the stereotypical angry black woman, I've had to show up sometimes unauthentically to make sure that I'm not being put into a stereotype, right? So I'm not mm -hmm. able to be authentic because I'm so nervous that someone's going to treat me in a stereotypical way. Well, and, uh, that's a problem. Even though well, I mean, that's why, why I think, and maybe this is easy for me to say as the white girl, you know, that when, we, when someone is angry, when a woman is angry, and let's just put it back into the work context, that we should be curious about that anger and we should act, we know there's something underneath the anger. There's some, something happened. There's a disappointment that, that, um, or some, something, some deliverable was screwed up. Who knows what it is, but, but, it, you know, in mediation circles, anger is called the expression of anger is a cry for help. So what do you need? So how many times have you been in the face of anger and you take it on yourself as if there is something wrong with you? You are being assailed for something, which is not the case usually. Even if I'm pointing my finger and I'm saying, you did this and you make me so mad, right. that may not actually be what the issue is. It could be something else. We have to get underneath it by asking questions, being curious. What happened? Where did things go wrong? What do you want? What would you like to see happen? Um, um, you know, right. I, I agree. And I've used this example so many times in my career with employees who complain or employees who have been, you know, visibly angry. And um, when coaching managers and dealing with them, you know, I use Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, one of my favorite shows, and just how when the dog would bite him and he'd be literally bleeding out, he'd say, oh, this is great. I don't know how to help the dog because he was able to pinpoint, OK, this is a problem when we do X, Y, Z with this dog. And of course, we're not referring to ourselves as dogs, but there's some core, you know, there's some there's some things, some takeaways there where 
if I think about my children, if, if they're angry, I want to stop and, and know, like, why are you angry and talk about it? So in the workplace, there's just an opportunity when someone is angry to know, OK, this is a problem and this is an opportunity to fix the problem. Right. But I think we also have to look at, so there's just two things that happen in the workplace. There's that, right, which is that we have to start to understand that anger is a symptom of a, a problem, right? But then we also have to understand that sometimes even before the anger, what we're perceiving as anger isn't necessarily anger, right? right. Um, or that we're assigning, we're unfairly assigning, um, you know, anger to to somebody and I think so for example um, I was reading there's a study that was done by Arizona State University uh, by a psychologist named Jessica Salerno and she actually did a, a study of um, 210 undergraduates and got them all together to do um, sort of this this reenactment of, of, of jury duty, right? So mm-hmm. she had them all, um, you know, look at the actual murder trial photos, transcripts, everything. And what ended up happening, long story short, was they were able to see that participants were much more likely to doubt their initial judgment after hearing what an angry male holdout had to say, but they were much more confident in their own judgment after hearing an angry woman. So basically, when they hear an angry man, they're like, oh, he must have a point. But right. they hear an angry woman, and they go, oh, she's emotional, so that makes my point more strong and hers more weak. So going back to what we said about Gail King, right? right? She knew in that moment that she had to sit there and stay calm, because if she didn't, it would have actually given much more credence to anything that R. Kelly was saying. And I think that's something that people in the workforce have to understand, that we are doing this every day to our employees. You do, you know, the HR aspect of it. You're going into workplace investigations. He says, he said, she said issues, um, things that are happening. And you have to, we have to look at that and say, okay, we're interviewing a woman and she's angry. We're interviewing a man and he's angry. And are we putting more weight on the man because he's angry and less weight on the woman because she's angry and she has just as much well, right to be angry. You know, what is it, the, um, the Harvard study uh, I think it was a 2008 study that women who expressed anger um, in a professional context were accorded lower status, lower money, lower competence, while the opposite is true for men, right? Um, and I think something like when evaluating job candidates, the participants gave higher status to angry men than on sad men and higher status on angry men than angry women and higher status on sad women than angry women. So you have all these just just constellation of BS that operates underneath, Um, which which leads me to, you know, let's not forget the potential of the anger being generated persistently by the Me Too movement and what that opportunity is for us. Right. Now, yes, it's an, uh, an opportunity to even the scales economically because pretty much the Me Too movement is about, you know, the, in my opinion, economic disadvantagement. Um, <clears throat> but we have a listening now that we didn't have before. 
So, so it's not like you want to go, me too, me too, at every uh, opportunity when something's going awry. But we do have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? What you just said was out of line and uh, is actually an expression uh, uh, in alignment with the Me Too movement. So, you know, wake up. Well, as, as we get closer to uh, wrapping up, I just want to make sure that we also talk about, not, not talk about, but I just want to mention the passive aggressive side of anger. And I thank you so much, Lisa, for, you know, bringing Brene Brown's article, Clear is Kind, Unclear is Kind, and, and bringing that out in your article. Uh, because the reality is you have people who are visibly angry and then you have people who are angry, but they're not letting you know. And I think they're even more dangerous with the passive aggressive behavior, gossiping, saying, you know, employees who say they're going to do something and then they literally just destroy all production and all, you know, they just sabotage. Right. And that's the type of employees I ended up dealing with. And for me, for them to say, I'm angry, I'm mad. That was much better than them than them pretending not to be and just doing everything to be counterproductive. So I would much rather you just say you're mad, say you're angry, be pissed, and let's deal with it than you walking around sabotaging, destroying things, and hurting people in the workplace. So that was my last words. <laughs> and um, I think it's a great opportunity when men and you know when women are angry, it's, it's good that you know that they're angry because most likely they have a valid reason. Most likely I have a valid reason to be angry. Right. No, I think that's a really great point. And, um, you know, uh, Lisa mentioned this earlier, but I'll, I want to say it again because it's so important. And that is that uh, Soraya Shamali, when she said that when we shut down somebody's anger, we are literally silencing the knowledge they have and saying it's not valuable to us as a resource. And exactly what Thiele just said, that's valuable information. You are being told yeah. that there is an issue. You are being told that we have a problem. And by trying to silence that anger, rather than trying to look at the actual cause of the anger, you are... Um, you're missing out on a valuable opportunity to change your workplace, to make it better for people and to actually fix the you know, issues at the root of the problem. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important to, to maybe reframe how we think about anger in the workplace. You know, in the, the, the article that, um, uh, that we're referencing, the angry woman career dilemma on, uh, that I posted on LinkedIn, um, this client this, this is a client story she actually had a female boss who was angry about her anger and she went to her and said you know i think we have both drunk um the women can't be powerful lest it look like anger kool-aid so 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 let's have a conversation about that and i'll have your back you have mine let's see if we can move pass this and transform it. You know, she was lucky that she was able, she was high enough up on the food chain to have that kind of a conversation. People lower down on the food chain don't feel like they have that kind of control or agency. Um, but I will tell you that um, I worked in an organization where the office manager, the, the receptionist slash office manager, had the most control 
in the organization. She was the, the linchpin. And if she was angry, it was like happy wife, happy life kind of thing. You don't want to make her angry. You got to do what she, you know. And it was this thing that everyone danced around while never really dealing with how she wielded the, her anger as manipulation. Right. I think we see that more than often in workplaces with men in power. We dance around yes. Yes. all the time. So I think that's an excellent point. You know, a lot of time this has, this is more about power, but that's a whole other conversation. Right. Right. But I, and I think so, you know, in closing, it's we're looking at this and saying, take this, you know, reflect, think back. In your workplace, when have you? When were you angry, and what did that mean? When was one of your employees, you know, or somebody on your team angry, and did you deal with it appropriately? And if mm-hmm. you didn't, you can still go back and fix it. You can still go back and say, you know what, Dile, a couple of months ago, you came into my office, you were upset about something. I don't think that I addressed it. Did we address the issue? Is this still happening? Right. What's going on? Ask mm-hmm. those questions mm-hmm. um, because people just want someone to ask. I think that's the number one thing I say in my DNI training. And it goes across everything is ask people what is going on. Ask people what they want. Ask them what the issues are. They are more than happy to tell you if you ask them. <laughs> right. Anger, where there, anger is really just a cry for help. And Eckhart Tolle, he said, where there is anger, there's always pain underneath. And I've been in so many conversations. You just talk to someone and you just will see a complete 180 degree change. Is that yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I think that that, um, I think that was a great quote to end on, right? Um, uh, where there's anger, there is pain. So right. let's stop hiding the pain and let's let people express uh, their anger at work, but let's give them guidelines for how to do so, right? Let's give them an outlet. Let's give them uh, tools and resources so that that anger can be expressed in a healthy way. And um, then we won't have to be saying you should have stayed calm. That's right. (laughs) Should have not gotten angry. You shouldn't have got angry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. We'll wrap this up. (laughs) All right. Great. Great talk, ladies. Thiele, Lisa, and I are here sharing our learning and experiences with you. And we hope that if you liked today's discussion, that you'll share our podcast and listen in next time. You have been listening to Inclusionomics with Lisa Gates, Thiele Thatch, and Stacey Gordon. Visit inclusionomics.net to subscribe and download.